0: So, I was listening to all of your prayers today, and it seems that what's on everybody's heart is the thing with Afghanistan, and rightly so. Uh, This is a season of repentance, and in the Luke reading, it it ends with, Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the season of repentance. And the United States right now is being humbled. Uh, one of the things that God does, and he has done it over and over again in Scripture, is when a nation gets too big for its britches, he humbles them. So take, for example, Babylon. At the In Jeremiah 51, the ba- warriors of Babylon have ceased fighting. They remain in their strongholds. Their bar has their strength has failed. They have become women. Her dwellings are on fire. Her bars are broken. Do we have our entire army in Afghanistan sitting in their bases? Yeah. Nobody's doing anything to help anybody. Proverbs 16, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And what we're dealing with right now is I believe, the humbling of the United States, and appropriately so. There was a book that was written by Thomas Sewell in 1996, 25 years. Uh, Great book, I've read it. The title will tell you everything that you need to know, however. The title is The Vision of the Anointed, Self-Congratulation as a Basis for Social Policy one of the things that's happening with us is we have got technocratic elites and virtually, literally, not virtually, everything they touch turns to mud. We started off by back with Woodrow Wilson and the idea was well these politicians come and go and we don't want them, what we want is stability. So what we'll do is we will hire experts and we will staff our government with these experts so that every two years, four years, whatever it is, things don't change but things are steady and stable. That was the idea. Let's look at the things that our elites have got their hands in. Poverty. Anybody heard of the war on poverty? Is poverty any better now than it was then? How about homelessness? They're trying to solve homelessness, right? Look in Denver. You've got tent cities. Look in Longmont. We're developing tent cities. Drug addiction. We're going to solve the drug problem by giving out free needles. Immigration. Our southern border doesn't exist anymore. Energy. We were energy independent. Where are we now? We have our president calling up OPEC, begging them to increase their production, and OPEC having lots of it are telling him to pound sand. Roads, infrastructure, anybody driven on our roads lately? I'm serious. Public safety, law enforcement. How's law enforcement these days? Not so great, huh? How about race relations? Didn't the government say they were going to solve race relations? How's that going? How about war? The government should, that's one of the actual things in the Constitution that the government should be able to do as opposed to all this other stuff. How are they doing with that? Oh, not very well, huh? Right now what you're watching on TV is a massive, massive CYA scramble. As they go on various talk shows and stuff and say, it wasn't my fault. In fact, the vice president has fled the country. She is now off in Vietnam and Singapore. Got out, they tried to get her up there to talk and she refused and, as I say, mounted Air Force Two and she's gone. Our elites are one of three things, maybe all three they're stupid, they're corrupt. And they're evil. those are not mutually exclusive by the way. okay They can be all three. and what we've got is they are worse than useless. they are incapable of governing and they won't go away. right? Am I, am I overstating the case here? Okay? What we are seeing is biblical. You saw it in Jerusalem before the exile. You also saw it in Great Britain before World War One. Does everybody know what a public school is in Great Britain? Public schools are the elite private schools where the aristocracy and everybody send their their boys, their boys' schools, Eton, Harrow, those kind of places. As they were going into World War One, the saying among the troops is. The public school boys know what they're doing. The flower of Britain's youth was slaughtered. The public school boys no longer had any trust. That trust was gone. Russian aristocracy before the communist revolution, incapable of governing, wouldn't go away. The French aristocracy before the French revolution, incapable of governing, wouldn't go away. That's where we are. Now, as I said, we are being humbled. The United States has been proud. We have been very strong. We have been blessed. And just like Israel, and just like every other late-stage big government, we have lost our understanding of where the blessings came from. We have walked away from God. We have decided in our hubris that we can do it ourselves. And what God is capable of doing and appears to be doing right now is saying, all right, you, Babylon, you, Jerusalem, you, Moscow, you, Paris, you, London, have gotten too big for your britches. It's time to humble you. And what has happened is Joe Biden has had his pants pulled down in front of the whole world. Okay? Okay? That's what we're looking at right now, just make sure everybody understands where we are. Okay? There there isn't any really good smiley face that you can put on this, and it's all come to a head. I mean, it's been this way and trending this way for a long time. Listen to the list of stuff I read off, poverty, energy supply, roads, public safety. Those have all, all been going to, you know, what, for a long time, but it hasn't reached a level where people couldn't say, "Well, maybe it'll get better." Now it has. Right? One of th- y'all familiar with *Lord of the Rings*? If you're not, you should be. <laughs> okay. Um, the book is slightly different than the movie, so those of you who only know the movie will not know this. Those of you who've read the book will. There's the last. Or next to the last chapter in the last book. It's called um, Scouring the Shire. And what's happened here is our little band of hobbits, along with everybody else, has gone off and they've fought the great Satan. They have gotten rid of the ring of doom and all that kind of stuff. And, and they come home to the Shire, and what they discover is the Shire isn't what they left. And, you know, the Shire was this idyllic place where the hobbits go around, they live in holes, and everybody sits around, smokes pipe weed and drinks beer, and everybody's very jolly. And what they found was the place had changed. And everywhere they went, there were signs with rules. You can't go through here after 6 o'clock. No beer. You can't smoke here. You can't do this. You can't do that. And what they discovered was that there were hundreds of hobbits who were sheriffs. So that all of these rules were being enforced by the hobbits upon themselves. And nobody was happy with it. Everybody was miserable. But those were the rules. And so, what these hobbits that came back from the rings went around is they went around and just started ripping these signs down and laughing. Just ripped them down and laughed. Everybody said, oh, wait a minute. You What? That's a rule. You can't do that. And they'd rip another sign down. And they'd laugh. And they would start doing what they had done before they left. Well, you can't do that. And they just did it. And finally it came to a head, and there was... A fight, as there always is, as as somebody once said. You can vote your way into socialism, but you got to shoot your way out. I'm I'm serious, okay? And, And Lord of the Rings, by the way, is a really, really good study in human nature and the nature of evil. And what happened in the Shire is people wanted control, and they started to want to control this, and they wanted to control that, and they started making rules, and they started electing sheriffs, bureaucrats, to enforce them. And it was only these hobbits that had been off on the crusade against the ring when they came back that realized how bad things were because they were gone while it was happening, And they came back to it in late stage blossoming where everybody else had just sort of seen it creeping along and oh well that's not a big deal and oh well that's not a big deal and that's not a big deal either. And what it took was somebody who had not been through all that process to come back and say whoa what have you become? That's us. And by the way When I say that's us, I mean that's us. If we didn't put up with it, this wouldn't exist. Okay? So don't sit on your blessed assurance and say it isn't me. Because it is us. Now, the only thing that is going to save us is repentance. That's it. That's your choice. Okay? Repentance. And what God says, and we just read it in Ezekiel. Let me go find it here. I got it here. We just read it in Ezekiel this last week. Ezekiel 18. Again, when a wicked person turns away from the wickedness he has committed and does what is just and right, he shall save his life. Because he considered and turned away from all the transgressions that he had committed, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, The way of the Lord is not just. O house of Israel, are my ways not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel. Every one according to his ways declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions you have committed. And make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. And by the way, that's just a sample. It's all over the scripture, okay? This is not like I've cherry-picked one thing for this. It's all over scripture. God is just. God does not want anybody to perish. But God is not a patsy. And so when a nation gets too big for its britches and gets soaked in hubris and self-congratulation, God humbles them. And that's what he's doing right now. And as I say, if I'd given this a year and a half ago, people would be, oh, well, it, you know, it's not really that bad. It'd be okay. I think we can't say that anymore. I think we can't say that anymore. So, repentance. What are the barriers to your repentance? One of them is well, I'm okay. It's the rest of that culture that's corrupt. And you all are sitting here. So, in a sense, that's correct, but it's not very useful. There is a movement that is going on in the body of Christ, and it has been for a couple of hundred years, and it's also coming to fruition. It's called pietism, and what pietism says is I am going to keep my own skirts clean, and I'm not going to worry about anybody else. In other words, I'm going to sit here on my blessed assurance, and everybody else can be corrupt but I'm going to keep my skirts clean. That's not what we're called to do. Yes, you are required to keep your skirts clean, don't get me wrong. But that's not what we're called to do. What we're called to do is change the culture. Okay? That's what we're called to do. Isaiah 6 5. This is Isaiah is being called by God. Now Isaiah was is a prophet, wrote one of the big books in the Bible. I think we can probably say that Isaiah was righteous, reasonable. Isaiah says, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. That ought to cure your pietism. Okay? That ought to cure your pietism. And then the final barrier to repentance, at least in the American church, is this idea that it gets too bad, we're going to get sucked into the overhead and be out of here. And that may, in fact, someday happen. But that's, again, we're not supposed to sit on our blessed assurance and wait to be rescued. We're supposed to be in here doing stuff. So... First thing about repentance is stop doing what you're doing. And in this case, what I'm telling you to do is stop cooperating with evil. Stop cooperating with these people. One of the things that we did when this stupid pandemic kicked off is we didn't cooperate. Okay? Don't cooperate, stop lying to yourself stop saying it'll be okay stop saying I'll be okay okay one of the things about my favorite poster child here Daniel was a righteous man Daniel grew up in Babylon because when the nation went Daniel went with him okay so unless you want to grow up in Babylon I'm suggesting that you repent so stop lying to yourself Use the same standard on yourself that you use on everybody else. I don't know about you, but I can look at all sorts of people and say, oh, wow, that's really bad. We all do. Use the same standard on you that you use on them. Confess your sin. Confess it before God. If you think it will help, confess it to somebody else. But confess it. And then resolve not to do it again. close with daniel nine you all should have read daniel nine very recently and i'm not going to read it all it's quite long but this is daniel's prayer for israel and it starts in daniel nine three then i turned my face to the lord god seeking him in prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled and turned aside from your commandments of rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame. As at this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away, and all the lands to which you have driven them because of the treachery they have committed against us, or against you. Notice Daniel doesn't say, It's them sinners over there. Daniel says, We. We're responsible. Okay? We have let this happen. Stop cooperating. I'm not talking about speeding and stop signs and those kinds of things. Those make a lot of sense. I don't have a problem with those. But these stupid little petty fogging rules that are all over the place, quit cooperating. Encourage others to quit cooperating. Okay? Because what we've got are, in the words of Tolkien, a flood of petty sheriffs who have basically hemmed us in in every part of life so that we can no longer really live. We've let it happen because it happens slowly. It happens gradually. And over time, and as I say, the the genius of Tolkien's book is the hobbits that were off on the quest weren't there as it went slowly, they came back and they said, whoa, what has happened to you folks? The other thing about this is your greatest weapon as you quit cooperating is joy. Do it with a smile on your face. Okay? Do it joyfully. Laugh at them. Your mantra should be, you really believe that stuff? And laugh at them. And they'll say, but the science says, you really believe that stuff? Okay? Quit cooperating and laugh at them.